Ladies and gentlemen, drivers, gig workers, and everyone in between, welcome to this week in Rideshare Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Hoffa. It is Friday, March 31st, 2023, and this week, Uber Eats chases ghosts, Lyft gets a new CEO, and Seattle drivers get a first. Legal Rideshare breaks it down. And as always, from Legal Ride Chair, I'm joined by the co-founder and lead attorney, Brian Greedy. Brian, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Good to be back for another one. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's uh, nice and warm in Chicago. It's uh, We got some positive news, you know, in, in Ride Chair world, so not a bad start to the weekend. Hey, spring is in bloom. Yes. Fine. Well, we'll until now, until, you know, we'll probably snow next week, but this is... You know, as it always, as it always goes, but yep. So it is in Chicago. Yes, exactly. So let's hop into. We're starting with Monday here. Uber Eats is cracking down on ghosts. This is from Business Insider. They reported, "quote The delivery app plans to remove roughly five thousand brands that sell food through the platform." This is from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the rest, these restaurants represent about thirteen percent of all virtual brands on Uber Eats. The reason. The brands were the result of restaurants copying and pasting their menus in various forms as they tried to win over customers. So as an example, a Pakistani restaurant in San Francisco posted its menu 20 times, 20 times under different names, according to the journal. I have absolutely seen this. I don't know if you have, Brian, but I've definitely seen this. I, I have. And, it, you know, it, it's crazy, but it's not. People are always gaming the system when it comes to rideshare and, and gig apps. We've, we've seen that on Uber and Lyft and now Uber Eats. Um, so, you know, while it's, it kind of blows the mind a little bit, it's it's not necessarily shocking when you consider the landscape as a whole. Yeah, it's a great again, it's a great thing they're doing this. I, I'm just I knew it was I knew it existed. But man, 5,000, you know, 13, 5,000 brands, 13 percent of all virtual brands. It's a substantial number. Yeah, and you see this on on all the platforms. When Elon Musk took over Twitter, that he made a, a point to get rid of um, the the profiles that were no longer active or were created by bots. It's a huge percentage of all these companies' business are actually just fake or, or repetitive. So I'm glad that they're stepping in. I, I think it's probably better for the customer, and um, you know, hopefully, trickles down to to um, something positive for the drivers as well. Yeah, smart move. Good job, guys. We're gonna head off into Tuesday. Lyft. Gets a new CEO. This is from CNN. They reported Lyft announced that Amazon veteran David Reicher will join as the chief executive next month and that the co-founders will step down from their man management positions at the ride-hailing company. Um, it's kind of not a shock here. As I said, the, the, the shakeup is happening as the company has struggled to turn a profit over the years and its stock has taken a beating in recent months, shedding more than 13% so far in 2023. Um, it cut, it's looking at cutting 13% of its staff. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, as we talked about, not, not looking good for Lyft, Brian. Yeah, this is a necessary change. Uh, the magic that was once there for Lyft is completely run out. Um, Logan and John did a really good job from the beginning of positioning Lyft as a, you know, the friendly brand, the brand that was better for drivers, the, the organization that was going to do things in a moral and ethical way. But over the years, they've really lost that higher ground and they've lost credibility amongst both drivers and passengers. 
Um, so the way that we've seen their, you know, their stock prices falling, the way that we've seen morale drop among uh, the community members, it, it's time for a change. And hopefully somebody else coming in to shake things up a little bit will be good for uh, the brand, good for the drivers and good for the customers and, and hopefully save the organization, which seems like it's on a downward path right now. Yeah, we talked about this a bit last week, I believe, uh, you know, that Lyft really doubled down when the things the companies started to deviate during 2020 and Uber said, okay, we're going to start focusing on delivery. And Lyft really put its foot down and said, no, we're we're really going to focus on being a transportation company. We're going to really be pro-driver. We're going to be pro-rider. It doesn't seem to have panned out. And I do think a lot of that has to do with, for the long time, Lyft's brand was, hey, we're the better guys. We're the... You know, we're, we're, we're really helping drivers out and we're doing the best things. But he really can't tell a difference. I, I think that's really what happened. It, drivers, and tell me if I'm wrong, if you, who's listening out there, I didn't. it doesn't really seem like there is a huge night and day difference between the treatment of a Lyft driver and an Uber driver in the way that, like, let's say a driver like Alto, Rideshare. You know, it's a very different experience. I think that's a big problem. I, I agree. I, I that there is no distinction between the companies in terms of how they're treating people. They've lost all of that goodwill that they've created over the years. And as a customer, when I choose my ride, I'm going, I'm looking at Lyft, I'm looking at Uber, and I'm choosing the cheaper one. And most right. of the time right now, it's Uber. So if you're not providing a better customer experience, if you're not providing a better driver experience, and you're more expensive, that's a recipe for disaster. I don't see how they can make it without making substantial changes to what they've been doing over the past couple of years. Yeah, I agree. You, you, you hit it. If you're not, you know, if you're just, we're just, I agree, I'm doing the same thing. If you're just looking at price, not really looking at a different experience. Um, so I head into Wednesday, Seattle drivers get a first. This is good news for drivers. This is from GeekWire. They reported it. The city, the Seattle City Council today unanimously approved rules providing paid sick leave for food delivery and other on-demand at-base gig economy workers. The city appears to be the first in the nation to permanently ensure these protections. So the way that this works, according to the rules, gig workers will accrue one day of time off for every 30 days of work that include a stop in Seattle. The amount paid will be an average of the compensation earned in the preceding 12 months. Nine days of paid sick leave can then be carried over annually. And delivery companies are required to provide workers with written information about these benefits on a monthly basis. Huge win for drivers, Brian. This is this is a huge deal. Uh, the fact that drivers are being given a protection like paid time off is a landmark move that, that we haven't seen in the rest of the country. Um, so we're excited about this. This is the start of basic worker rights for gig workers. Hopefully it's a model for other uh, cities and, and states around the country. Uh, and eventually when we see a big federal overhaul in the way that workers are classified, which is coming, um, this will be a model uh, in terms of how that's written. So workers deserve basic rights. They deserve to know what they're going to make when they go out on the job. They deserve to have uh, a safety net, which means if they get sick, they can take a day and not have to worry about whether they're going to lose the roof over their head. Um, so I, I'm excited about what Seattle did. And, and I think that this is a model for what we're going to see in other cities going forward. 
I agree. Definitely a huge win. I, you know, reminds me of when I read the article the first time, it reminds me of about a year ago, I was in London, um, and it has a long ride to the airport. And, you know, I to told him I work for legal ride share and we started talking and he had brought up about, you know, drivers in, in London, I think all of UK already had paid sick leave last year. And I think even previous years, he could not believe when I told him, the situation with Uber drivers in the United States. I mean, he said he's he's making a really comfortable living. He had sick he had sick days, paid time off, and it's really really exciting to see that it's coming here. It's well deserved. Well, and you see that the gig companies all threaten to leave cities when stuff like this passes. <laughs> Always, that's, I'm leaving. That's their first move. Yeah, yeah, we're we're packing up our bags. We're out. It's too expensive for us. But then, like you mentioned, you go abroad, and these protections are being afforded. You remember England, or it might have been just London, it was just London, uh, kicked out Uber for a period of time because they weren't complying with certain rules uh, and regulations. That's right, yeah. yeah. And Uber fought really hard to get back into that city and still operates there now and provides these benefits to drivers and seems to be doing just fine. So anytime they make these threats, like we can't afford to pay this benefit, or we're out of here because it disrupts our business model. We know those to be empty because we've seen this work in other places. And Seattle called their bluff. And, and I think it's going to be a really good thing for the worker. Totally agree. All right, we'll head into Thursday. Uber expands its EV service. They've been, they've been cranking this out lately a lot. This is from Engadget reported, quote, Uber announced today that it's adding 14 new markets to its Comfort Electric. That's its EV ride sharing service. It'll allow you to hail electric vehicles like the Tesla Model 3, Ford Mustang Mach-E, and Polestar 2. Um, so it's a small another small step towards the company's goal of phasing out gas-powered vehicles by 2030. So it, this is the availability is in Detroit, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Montreal, Nashville, New Orleans, the list goes on. Um, the program's rollout began last May and has already expanded to 25 U.S. markets. So... Um, Definitely, it's good. It's good for the environment. I think it's good overall. Um, yeah, it really is good. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that this is a, a positive. Um, we obviously like to see transportation companies um, that have a big footprint on the environment. You know, there's cars out there all the time that are uh, pumping carbon into the air. Uh, if Uber and Lyft can um, take a step to make things a little more environmentally friendly, which they are, we're, we're for it. And we've also seen this as a positive for both customers and drivers. When these uh, programs enter into certain cities like they have in Chicago, better cars are being made available to drivers. We've seen Tesla uh, being rented to drivers. We've seen um, drivers excited about the fact that they could you know, rent these new um, exciting vehicles. And also it's cool for the customer. Um, when I sign on and look for a ride and I notice that the price of the, uh, the green car is, um, the same price as the other one. And, you know, maybe I have to wait a minute or two longer to get connected with that vehicle. I'm all in. I think it's great. I think it gives, uh, the customer a little more, um, knowledge as to the vehicle they're going to be getting. I found that these vehicles are often nicer than, than some of the standard ones. Um, so it, it just seems to be a win-win-win. The environment, the customer, the driver, let's go. Yeah, and especially, and again, whoever's listening out there, drivers, gig workers, I 
have seen a lot, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I've seen a lot of drivers say when they've been part of that EV launch program to rent the Teslas, they've actually started making more money. They were happier with the car. That, Like you said, the passengers were happier. So I don't know, kind of as a win-win in that situation. So I say keep going. It doesn't seem to be a bad side to this. I agree. I think as long as they're making the vehicles available to drivers and not pushing any drivers out of work, um, then I, I'm 100% for it. But right now they've got a goal that uh, you know to, to make sure that they are um, carbon neutral and that they've got electric vehicles on the road in a, in a couple of years. So this is a, a great step towards accomplishing that goal. Right. Let's head into Friday. This this uh, this this story definitely scares me a bit. <laughs> Have a bad rating as an Uber passenger? <laughs> Business Insider explains why. Uh, quote: After an Uber driver previously told Insider that people with ratings between four point seven and four point seven nine percent were decent riders, but they might have questionable history. Now, um, passengers can see the review for each ride, and the person who wrote this article, Business Insider, had a less than five percent rating out of four point seven. So he said, I spoke to four Uber drivers across the U.S. to find out what made them dish out one-star ratings. Um, it's, it's pretty involved here, but some of the things are, if you have a lot of stuff to load up and you kind of just wait for your driver to do it, you know, they're not paid for that. The other one is wait, if you come down late, if you're not waiting and it, it's minutes that pass again, they're waiting, waiting for you to come down, losing, you know, equals time, loses money. The other one, which is interesting, makes sense, though. You know, the issue might not even be with the rider. It might be the rider's companion who's, you know, obnoxious or loud or drunk, and that impacts you. So, uh, I don't, you know, I try to be a good rider, Brian, but, man, I don't know. I could be, yeah, I could the, be, I, you know, I'm late sometimes. I, I don't know. We, we all try, and I think it's important to try because when you're being conscientious of other people's time, um, that's going to pay dividends. So drivers are not looking for reasons to nitpick passengers, but just, you know, don't be rude. You've requested a ride, try to get out there as quickly as you can, because the driver's not getting paid if they're not moving. Um, the fact that dry, that people wait for drivers to load up their stuff. I would ask the driver every time I go out and I've got luggage, do you want me to, to put this in the trunk or do you, prefer to do it. And a lot of drivers prefer to do it because they don't want the passenger to ding up their car. But sometimes that that um, communication goes a long way. You might have a driver who has some mobility issues or um, an injury or, or whatever it may be. Just, you know, be kind, be courteous. And I think everybody will get along and everybody will have nice ratings. Yeah, I, I really try to go, you know, having worked with drivers, drivers so closely for so long, I really go out of my way, especially like you said, with the luggage. Um, and I also just try to be courteous when I'm in the car. I mean, I have friends who just, you know, they're just sort of like, well, whatever, it's an Uber, it's what you do. And I'm like, that's really not a good idea. Um, you know, so I do, you know, I do my best. And again, it's a service that they're providing for you and I help them out a little bit. And again, I, you know what, I would love to hear from uh, drivers you know stories i'm sure you got them so please shoot us an email help at legal love to hear the crazy you know good or bad i think is really important to hear what's what's going on out there yeah i i think that would be fun to if if we had some some drivers reach out to us with their best and worst customer stories we've heard some really, really great interactions where 
drivers and, and customers have helped each other. Wait, there's, there was a story years ago about a driver who donated a kidney to yeah, a, yeah. a passenger. Um, and then we've also heard the nightmares. So, um, you know, m- maybe that could be a little mini segment that we do every once in a while, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, you know, would reach out to us, let us know. We, we want to highlight your stuff. Yeah. I love it. I even love the name, the good, the bad, the ugly that we should absolutely do that. So yes, drivers who are, who are tuning in, you know, yeah, definitely let us know good or bad or ugly situations you've been in, in rideshare slash, you know, gig economy. I think it's important to highlight it. Um, it could be fun. Um, yeah. So that is wraps, you know, wraps this week. And I'm going to give you the floor as always, Bryant, before we head off into the weekend. Yeah. Being Friday, this is a busy day for rideshare drivers and we've got obviously the weekend coming up. So um, please do not hesitate to reach out to us if you're involved in an accident or suffer an injury while working on the app. Um, Our lawyers are always available for free consultations. Um, We're happy to point you in the right direction with an insurance claim. Um, Make sure that your injury gets compensated, medical bills get paid, you recover for things like pain and suffering, loss of normal life, and any uh, property damage that you sustain. So please, please don't hesitate to reach out to us so that we can ensure that um, you're on the right track and get compensated the way that you absolutely deserve. Yeah, and you know, I'm always, I'm always in the ether in, in social media, so certainly feel free to reach out to me directly. You'll see my name, uh, Jared. I'm in a lot of the, the, the posts and the, and the, um, the blogs, etc. So always, always happy to hear from drivers and, and help as best as we can. Um, but as you know, as I like to say, that is the end of this week in Rideshare. See you next week.